You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Hashtag No Filter. I'm Zach Peter, but you should know that by now because this is probably, um, this is episode 138. And that's 138 weeks of me and listening to me. And if you're a new listener, that's okay. I'll forgive you. Just follow me at Just Plain Zach, Z-A-C-K. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to Hashtag No Filter every Wednesday. So I'm really excited because I'm a big advocate for like wellness. I do all the crazy wellness shit. I talk about going to Goop. This week I'm going to be going to um, Expo West. I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Will Cole for Generation Rescue about the ketogenic diet. So I geek out over all of this um, batshit crazy stuff that I self-proclaim and and love. You know, I, I'll take all the adaptogens, I'll take all the vitamins, I'll go on all the, um, you know, I'll cut out all the sugar and the gluten and the dairy. And so I'm excited because my story probably isn't as exciting or as compelling as today's guests. Um, not only is his profession really exciting, but so is uh, the story that he's going to share with us today. He's a professional BMX athlete. He's a certified health coach and a cancer survivor. Please welcome Mr. Josh Perry. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate your time and having me on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. I just got done eating after a nice BMX session. What did you eat? Uh, tonight I had some baked chicken thighs, zucchini, uh, and grass-fed butter, and a little side salad with some avocado oil. That... And I think, oh, yeah, my girlfriend made some uh, fresh guacamole. That sounds amazing. It was delicious. <laughs> Like, now I'm hungry. I haven't eaten yet today. And now you just have me, like, very hungry. And it's right before uh, dinner time out where you are, huh? Yeah, it's it's 5.30. And I'm I'm probably going to eat. The, the closest thing I have to food is, is a bulletproof bar that I'm probably going to end up having to eat for the moment. Oh, there you go. Those are really tasty as well. <laughs> okay, so before we get started, you have to answer my icebreaker questions because every guest that comes on has to kick it off to break the ice and humanize you, okay? All right. First question is, what's one word your mom would use to describe you? Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> Other than like BMX badass. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's always used daredevil. So daredevil. before BMX days. Yeah, you've always been a bit of a daredevil. Just fearless. You know, one of her favorite stories to tell is just me jumping off counters when I was younger, just yelling catch last minute and just <laughs> seeing if she'd react. Do you <laughs> the, still do that? Uh, I do not. Stay off the counters. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should. If you're a grown man and you're on a counter, there's usually a pole involved and nobody, you know, that's, I think BMX bikes are, are more your vibe. Yeah, Exactly. Okay, give me a fun fact. What's one thing about you people would not expect? Uh, I love to read science stuff, like anything to do with nutrition or brain health. I think that's becoming more aware now, but I don't think people understand how serious about being like a nerd I am. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, that's, yeah. So you've got the muscles, you've got the brains, like you, you, you've got the full package here, Josh. Yeah, I try to. Try to My listeners are going to be short. disappointed that you're not single. Yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend's actually an athletic trainer that uh, walked me through ACL surgery a couple years ago. That's how we met. Oh, nice. Do you guys, yeah. like, compete with each other when you work out at the gym? I always imagine, like, fitness couples, like, competing with each other at the gym. Yeah, not so much. We're on different programs, and 
she's a former Taekwondo athlete for Team USA as well. So she's been uh, kind of relaxing in the last few years, working more in her profession. So it's, we, yeah, we're on different programs. So it's the competitiveness is still kind of there, but not, not so much. Okay, Josh, give me your drink of choice. Drink of choice. Hmm. So uh, I think uh, the Kavita brand kombucha, the mm -hmm. apple cider lemon. Um, I've been really fond of that one lately. Okay. I like their um, their coconut mojito, that, that like minty. Yeah, that one's good too. I think it's mojito. I, think I, I yeah. Uh, the lemon cayenne's been pretty pretty good lately too. I, I I don't know. I bounce all over the place. That one gives you a nice kick in the ass. I like Kavita. They have really good drinks. My other favorite, I guess, would actually be. I totally forgot about this because it's so every day. I I wake up and I have a coffee with blended grass fed butter and MCT oil. That's been uh, new for me the last going on two years now. That's yes. Yeah, I guess that would be my favorite. I just I totally forgot about it. It's so second nature now. Okay, that's the bulletproof coffee. So I've been try I try to do that. I, I go through periods because I get so tired of just the same taste every morning. Do you like add anything else? Like sometimes I'll add like pumpkin spice or I'll add cinnamon, just something to mix up the flavor because I can't do the same thing every day. Yeah, so I I I can do the same thing every day. I love it. It's just <laughs> um, to me, it's just like right. What can I put in my body that I need? But then uh, my girlfriend Jackie, she's the one that adds spice to my life, as she likes to say it. So. I'll be on a you know same meal plan all week, same drinks, and she's like, "Let's change it up." I'm like, all right, <laughs> gotta keep some variety. Exactly. So okay. we'll, yeah, we'll mix in the cacao and the cinnamon and this and that here and there, but I just prefer the the butter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one's a new one. So tell me the biggest lie you've ever told, and to whom? Biggest lie I've ever told, or juiciest. I mean, I don't want to be cliche and say <laughs> I've never told a lie because that's that's a lie. I just can't <laughs> think of it off the top of my head. I've always been scared to lie because of my my parents and the way I was grown, uh, I was raised growing up. So it, if it was anything, it wouldn't be worth even mentioning. That's probably why I can't remember. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know. I've always been like the the type of kid and person, you know, growing up that I was always afraid to do things because of losing my bike was my punishment when I was younger. So. I, I got into shape real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question, which is probably my favorite one. If you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? Oh, man. I honestly don't know much about uh, any of them, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I apologize. I see you as more of a, a Courtney. She's very granola and very into the wellness vibe, so I'll pick for you. Okay, I'll have to look into her, then I'll have to look her up, <laughs> do some research. Okay, so Josh, you are currently, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're l currently living with four tumors, right? Yes. And these are brain tumors? Yes, uh, and, uh, meningioma brain tumors. Okay, so talk me through, because you've also had several different brain surgeries, so talk me through when this whole kind of journey with cancer and all the brain tumors first started to develop and, and walk me through where you got to, how you got to this point today. So I was 21, uh, it was March of 2010. Uh, my birthday's in November, so I was just, you know, living life as a proper adult, living my dream, training with the, the best of my sport, and one day a trick went wrong, and I 
pretty much to explain it, I overcompensated the rotation of the trick because I was nervous about doing it for the first time. And it ended up being a little bit easier than I expected. So I landed, over-rotated, which threw me to my shoulder and my hip, and then I whiplashed my head, and I got a concussion. So to get it checked out, I needed an MRI. But leading up to that that moment, uh, about a year, I'd been going into the urgent care and ER and um, with these crazy migraines and headaches to the point where I, I was losing my vision at points, and I was getting nauseous, I was throwing up, and... I had to have friends drive me, and they kept sending me home with pain pills, which I don't take because they don't settle well with me. And um, it, it took that crash and that MRI, um, or it took that crash to finally get that MRI. And then, you know, the doctor walked into the office and was like, yes, yeah, so, you know, there's no swelling or bleeding from the injury, but there's something in your brain that shouldn't be there. And he went on to say it was a brain tumor. And then everything after that just kind of I don't know, kind of shut off. And it was like that outer body experience that people talk about. That was the first time I was really conscious to that, that experience. And, uh, that was the beginning. And so, you know, next steps obviously were to see a neurologist and a neurosurgeon, which I happen to live an hour and a half away from Duke university. So Dr. Alan Friedman, uh, one of the top neurosurgeons in the world, um, he got me in there and we chatted about the MRI, he went over all the risks and complications and how severe it was. He gave me about a month or two if I hadn't hit my head that I wouldn't you know, wake up one day um, after suffering even more. So he actually moved a couple of patients out of his schedule to get me in. It was so severe. It took up wow. a good portion of the left side of my brain, eight centimeters long by four wide and two deep to be exact. And the vision issues were coming from the location on the main artery for one, but two, pushing into my optic nerve. So some days the pressure was okay, so I could ride, and some days it wasn't to where I couldn't see. So yeah, he got me in, and it was three weeks after my diagnosis, April sixteenth, um, two thousand ten. I had the surgery, and um, that was that was the first first bit. And um, two years later, I was in India doing some BMX demos with some friends, and got an email from my mom saying they got the scans of the you know regular checkups back and. It showed two new masses, um, one in the front and one in the rear of the brain. And the surgeon said, it's no immediate risk. You don't need to you know, cancel your trip and come back you know, soon, but it does need to get taken care of. But the only thing we can say is it's residual growth because the complications of the artery and the optic nerve, it was too risky to get all the cells because if he had hit that artery, I could have bled out, um, could have gone in stroke been paralyzed, could have died, and then two pages long of uh, other complications, which being 21, you get to sign off, or 18 actually, I get to sign off on all that. So um, that was the second time around. And so the next thing he mentioned was radiation. And I was, you know, at this time, I was very ignorant to all these terms. You, know, you hear them and you, you never think that's going to happen to you unless, you know, it, you have someone in your family that you experience with or it happens to you. You know, you, everyone thinks we're invincible, especially at a young right. age. Um, so I did some research on Google, you know, went to Dr. Google and, uh, <laughs> two hours later found a technology called Gamma Knife and it's Gamma Knife radio treatment. And the first thing I thought was he mentioned, don't have surgery. This says Gamma Knife, but it's got a lot of, you know, positive results. So I looked into it more and it's, there's no knife, there's no surgery. It's a non-invasive outpatient procedure of the best way I can explain it is, it's like a lesser version of radiation. It's 180 degrees of targeted radio waves okay. that aren't strong enough on their own to do a treatment, but because they can pinpoint where all the beams meet with a the computer, they come together and they can target the area. 
So I went through with that in Boston at Tufts Medical Center, and you know, I was in and out in 45 minutes. It's kind of like an MRI. like You sit down on a, a bench or a, whatever you want to call it, like a bed, and they pull you into the machine that just doesn't have noise. So it's actually a little bit better than an MRI. And um, yeah, I just drove home actually from Boston to North Carolina after that and was riding seven days later. Moving forward a couple of years, the tumor started to shrink both areas. And um, now they've been stabilized the last year or two. And uh, so that was that was the second diagnosis. And then the third diagnosis was February of 2017. And they said, let's give it another year because they're so small. But these two are on the other side of the brain. So now there's no complications of the original surgery. Now this is new. Um, the only thing they could tell me was, we think you have neurofibromatosis. It's a genetic disorder that creates brain and spinal meningioma tumors. So that was a little, a little frustrating. The second time was the same feelings of the first time, just, you know, victim mentality. Why me? Right. What, what do I do with this? How, you know, all the fears and everything came back. You know, I obviously learned to get over them. And the mind is a very important piece of the puzzle to me and something I've been learning more about and studying. And um, the third time it came around, it was like a second of that, like, oh, shit. And then I was like, wait, what can I do with this? What can I do to help people to market myself better to grow my mission of what I'm trying to accomplish and how can I use this to better fuel me and my you know my goals so um, I just started to really gain more perspective from the first time in 2010 till last year but with all that being said I got real serious about the keto diet I've been learning a lot from Mark Sisson um, Dr. Perlmutter and uh, just put that you know, implemented that to my life as 110%. And then so actually, I think it was a month or two ago, went for another scan. And they're like, yeah, they haven't progressed. So, you know, we're uh, just going to keep monitoring them year after year. So technically, I live with four brain tumors, but two of them shrunk for a while. Now they're stable. And the other two, I believe to everything I've done with my health interventions has uh, stopped it. So it is what it is. And I can choose to be, you know, live in fear, or I can choose to live in love for my life and gratitude and move forward. So that's what I choose. That's crazy. Like I, I mean, and forgive my ignorance, but I didn't even realize you could live, you know, a fully normal life and even continue to be an athlete with one brain tumor, let alone you're still out there killing it with four. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> when they first diagnosed me, I was like, oh man, I'm dead. And then yeah. that changed into, well, not like saying I'm not, but, uh, I'm not gonna be able to ride for like a year. <laughs> and then now I'm like, all right, I live with four of them and. And so now you really follow like a functional medicine, integrative wellness kind of lifestyle that you've embraced. And was that through your own kind of trial and error in Google? Yeah, you know, it started that way. And then um, so the original surgery was 2010, 2013, at the end of the year, a friend gave me a book called Grain Brain by Dr. Mm, David Perlmutter. And that changed my life. And then a month later, I I saw an ad online for the the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and I enrolled in that kind of out of fear because I was learning so much and I wanted to help people. I didn't know where to go. And then I, be, I became exposed to Dr. Mark Hyman, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Daniel um, Amen, and then Mark Sisson with the Primal Blueprint. And um, yeah, from there, it just it just kept going. That's awesome. And so now you so you follow you. you how often do you work out? Because you're following the keto diet which is a very heavy, high-fat diet. So how often are you staying active? 
Um, so yeah, I've, I've been following the high fat diet since, uh, beginning of 2014. Once I finished the book, uh, grain brain okay. and then the last two years I've actually been keto, like, um, you know, in and out, I obviously I'm an athlete. So muscle glycogen is a thing that I need to worry about. And, um, but I, I've been really learning as much as I can. Thanks to Mark Sisson. Um, his book, the keto reset diet that just came out, but primal endurance was something I was trying to learn how because it's not just about being ketosis, like eating fat, and no carbs. Right. It's it's about becoming adaptive to it and all the benefits to your brain and body composition and this and this and that. And so I was like, well, I'm an athlete. My heart rate gets you know jacked up, max heart rate, you know, a couple hours a day just riding, you right. know, especially psychological and physical. So what does that do to cortisol? What it, how did that throws me right out of you know fat burning mode? And so learning the ins and the outs around fitness. From his book has really helped me. So, to your original question, I work out five days a week. Three of those are strength days. So, for example, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are heavy strength, okay. um, not too long duration, um, especially how I used to work out. And then Tuesday and Thursday, I'm doing aerobic training on the assault bike or the rower, and then following that up with gymnastic bar and ring exercises. So it's kind of like an active rest day, but it's also an emphasis on the aerobic system to be better adapted to burning fat rather than glucose. And then on top of that, I ride five, four to six days There's a week. There's more on top of that? Yeah, you so. are a busy man. <laughs> so what do you say, because there's a lot of talk about people that are very anti-high-fat diet. I mean, it goes against everything that we've traditionally been accustomed to. You know, it goes against the food pyramid. Um, some people say that, like, heavy-fat diets are, are bad. They're going to raise your cholesterol. What is your counter argument to, to all of that noise in, in the traditional wellness community? Yeah, so I was one of those people. You know, I was very skeptical. I've always been a person to take in information and question it. Whether the facts were right there, I still wanted to know more. Mm -hmm. um, so to transition to that style of eating, it, it wasn't easy. But the, what I would say to people that say that is, yeah, you're, tr you're, you're right. That is true. But there's more context that needs to be included in there. So, for example, a high-fat diet does raise triglycerides and do this, this, and that. So when people say that, it's like, all right, you know, one, that's the path that they're on right now. So there is no right or wrong. It's just what are you willing to learn? You know, what are you willing to open your mind to? And I, I'm a firm believer that, like, science is not factual. It's factual in the moment, but it's they know that things could change. So it's just understanding that. So the best advice I give to people that are, like, you know, afraid of the high-fat causes this and that, it's like, why don't you do, you know, an open-minded research on it? And, you know, I would first ask is, why do you think that? You know, see see what their belief is. And there is no right or wrong. It's just, what do you believe and why? And then how about I share some information and you go, you know, look into it. And that's that's where I started. And my uh, perspective shift once I learned something. And so I, I looked at your Instagram. You do all the cupping and acupuncture and, and all of that uh you know, those, those wild wellness trends that we see on Instagram, what I want to know only cause I tried, I do cryo. I've done the sensory deprivation tank. Like I, if, if goop, if Gwyneth Paltrow tells me to do it, I'm, I'm down to try it. What, what would you say is the wildest thing you've ever done in the, in the name of wellness? Um, so Jackie had dry needling needle or dry, yeah, dry needling needles in the back of my head the other night with cupping on my back and that I mean I I, I want to do the deprivation tanks as well and the, I haven't done the cryotherapy oh, you would love but that. you would love both of those 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. He's always talking about those things. And <laughs> he does it on another level that I'm probably going to stay away from, at least at the beginning. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. They just, it's uh, another one of those open minded things, you know? Like, at first, I was like, we're going to do what to what? And then, you know, you, you try it out and then you learn as you go and you experience the benefits and then you can only form your opinion from there. And, uh, it's, it's definitely nerve wracking, especially how long those needles are, but it doesn't hurt and it's super beneficial. Yeah. I think, you know, it really, you need to have like an open mind and, and I mean, my whole thing is why not? Like, why not give it a try? If it's not, if it's not going to kill you and it, it seems like even just a simple change in diet, like that's the biggest thing that I find from so many people is I feel like people are so resistant to wanting to change or or take um, control of their own health. I mean, I, my personal opinion is that I think people are afraid of their own potential and that's why they're so resistant to trying new things. Have you found that in your own life, interacting with people, you know, sharing your own story and finding com- some of that resistance? Yeah, 100%. Um, even before I talk about brain tumor, it's just with specific injuries and people are like, oh, you're crazy. You still do that. <laughs> I'm like, why? Like, or like, you're crazy. You left home as a teenager and dropped out of high school to pursue something that had no guarantee. And I was like, well, college doesn't have a guarantee either. It's just that's the belief system Completely. around it. Completely. So <laughs> that. Um, yeah, that's the thing is there are so many of these like social norms that we're accustomed to believing like this is the path that we're supposed to take. And like you said, there's no guarantee one way or the other. And I think it really just depends on your own drive and willpower. Yeah, 100%. Like I believe that the vision is what creates the goal setting and the motivation to go after. And it's like a lot of people have these desires and aspirations and a lot of people are vocal about them, but majority of people don't take action. And right. that's because of fear. And uh, I don't know if you saw the speech Jim Carrey gave a while ago. That was like a famous speech, but he mentioned like you have two choices in life. You can choose, you know, fear. You can choose love. Like fear is going to hold you back. Fear of judgment, fear of failure, fear, fear of, you know, trying or just whatever. So it's like you can either choose that or you can take a risk. And he mentions his father, like, yeah. He watched his father lose his job as a guaranteed thing to do by society. And he's like, so if you can fail at something you don't enjoy, why not take a risk on something you love? And like that, that stood out to me so much. And that's a hundred percent what I believe in. I didn't know that's what I was doing as a, as a, a child and a teenager. I just knew I had the vision and I wanted to do whatever it took to make it happen. So, you know, I had the support of my, my parents, thankfully, but other people, you know, were, you know, saying negative things, especially teachers and things like that. And I just, I was like, whatever, you know, I, I want to do what I want to do. And then lo yeah. and behold, now I'm like educated, you know, more than I ever thought I would be on my own dollar and time. I've actually learned to really appreciate the naysayers. I know like for me, I remember when I was in high school and I, you know, I'm somebody that started working very young and who was very uh, ambitious at a very young age. So when I was in high school, I knew that when after my junior year that I wanted to homeschool myself and study at home and pursue other opportunities. And I remember everybody around me, my counselors, my teachers, even my family, they're like, don't do that. That's not, you know, that that's not a great idea. It's not going to look good that you homeschooled yourself your senior year. And I did it. You know, I only had three classes that I really needed to take to graduate. I studied at home. I didn't listen to anybody else. And I mean, even to this day, I think it's one of the best decisions that I ever made because it really helped me get ahead at such such a young age. Yeah, 100%. Like those people, I I just see it as fuel to my motivation, you know? And so 
it's you know it's that and then like you know what you did you did what you wanted because of your inner true self believed in that and you aligned your actions with your belief and that's key like people like I said, people live in fear of what other people think, you know, of themselves. But it's like, you know, what what do you want? What is your biggest desire? Don't make it about money or make it about being right or wrong or what society says to do. But what do you want to do and why, most importantly, why do you want to do that? And then align your actions to what you're saying. Yeah. And just remember that why, like really focus on the why that why you want to do it, because that's going to keep motivating you to keep going, even when you do come across the naysayers, even when it does become challenging, because even though you're doing what you want to do, that doesn't guarantee that it's going to be easy. If anything, it's probably going to be a lot harder because you're going the alternate route. Um, You know, and I just think and props to you, Josh, for for really pursuing what you want to do and, and not stopping. Yeah, likewise. You know, I appreciate it. But I mean, it sounds like you're doing exactly that too. So it's just, it's, it's an honor to, you know, communicate with like-minded people like that because the more people are vocal about those choices and their beliefs, the more people be inspired to do the same and feel supported because, you know, I, I notice a lot of people feel like they're alone in their desires and like, oh, I can't do this. And it's like, like you, you said though, like anything that we want, especially now with like the, the level of skill and talent with everyone, like, you have to be all in and you have to believe in yourself and take that risk and totally. see how it goes. Okay. I want to play a quick segment called eat it or leave it. These are some common health foods and I want to know whether you're into them or you think we should stay clear from them. Okay. All right. Protein bars. Uh, depends on what's in them. <laughs> okay. How do we know what to find? How do we know which ones to pick? So the biggest things I'd recommend are looking first at the sugar content and then looking at the protein itself and to see if it's, uh, so if it's like an animal protein, is it grass fed, is it undenatured? Mm-hmm. And then if it's, um, you know, a vegetarian or vegan bar, like see what else is in there, is gluten in there? You know, people yeah. love to fill those things with that. So, so many of these bars are <laughs> such total shit. Um, yeah, they're like candy bars. That's yeah. Big. They're equivalent when they're you break it even, down to what's inside of them. Yeah, they're not healthy at all. Um, vegan diets. Uh, I don't. I strongly disbelieve in vegan diets, and I get into arguments with some of my closest friends that are diehard <laughs> vegan. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, I don't. I don't agree with it. Uh, what about I agree raw with the moral diets? aspect of it? Like yeah. the, the reason why the majority of people do it, I agree with that full heartedly. And there's definitely a way to do it. In my eyes, when I learned to be healthy, especially for your brain, but yeah. Totally. I mean, it's the same thing with like gluten-free. When I tell people I'm gluten-free and then they send me articles, it's like, well, the gluten-free diet isn't really healthy. Well, it's like, yeah, if you're replacing, you know, your traditional gluten foods with with the shitty gluten-free foods and you're eating, you know, crackers and and gluten-free hamburger buns, then yeah, that's not going to be healthy because it's all processed foods. But if you just naturally cut out gluten from your diet, like, then what are you eating? You're eating true whole foods that aren't overly processed. Exactly. I mean, it's just like the paleo bars or the keto bars. It's like approved sweeteners. And it's like, it's the same thing as that candy bar. (laughs) Yeah, it's all marketing. It's all to trick you to get you to buy it. And it's not actually healthy for you. 100%. (laughs) Okay, um, biggest health misconception you'd like to clear up real quickly before we close out the show? Something that just irks you that you want to get off your chest? Um, There's so many things. I don't know. Like, But I feel like the biggest thing is the whole high fat diet and like calories in and calories out. Like I still argue with friends of mine, you know, or debate with friends of mine that are like very educated in fitness that it's all about calories, ba- calorie balance, bro. Yeah. Like, 
it's it's about the context of what you're eating. So I guess that would be the biggest thing. A calorie is not a calorie is not a right. calorie. Everything's got, you know, different biological effects on the body and the brain more importantly. So yeah. that's that's one of my biggest hundred calories in a donut or not a hundred calories in a salad or in just like, you know, a, a clean pure salad. Like yes, they're both hundred calories, but there's different nutrients in each one. Um and you're gonna obviously benefit from eating one more than the other. Yeah, one's going to create insulin response and inflammation and glycation, and one's not not so much. Okay, last question to close out the show. If you could go back to your teenage self, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself or wish someone gave you? Uh, to have more confidence in my, uh, my choices. Although I did make the decision to follow through mm-hmm. with all my choices, I still had that that ego with me of, you know, what if, um, you know, what are they going to think, you know, and wanting to always not let my parents down. So just be confident in every decision that I make. I love that. Thank you guys for listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. Thank you so much, Josh. Where can people follow you and learn more? Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, all my social media handles are just at Josh Perry BMX and then, my blog is dailybrainstorms.com and my website's joshperrybmx.com. I love Very that. Thank, all. thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story and breaking down all these health misconceptions with me. I definitely appreciate it. And I think we covered a lot of good topics tonight. For sure. I appreciate it, Zach. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places. Go follow us. Leave us good reviews, please. You've been leaving a few, but I, I want a little more. Give, give us some good reviews, some five stars. Show me all the love. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and keep up with me at Just Plain Zach on all social media platforms. I got to go, but I'll talk to you next week. Bye.